What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. This has been the most tense podcast I have ever done. Kevin Sherrington. You were working on typewriters in time. Barry Horn. I don't even know who you are anymore. Where were you last week? Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about colleges. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the college Ballsy with a Z podcast. Hello, everybody, and here we are. It's just me, Kevin Sherrington, and Barry Horn. There is no Evan Grant. There is an Evan Grant. He's just not here. As far as I'm concerned, if he's not here, he does not exist. Well, benefiting by this, by benefiting by not having Evan sit here and ask questions, is our guest. Our guest, Chris Dufresne, the great uh, former college football writer for the L.A. Times, now in charge of his own podcast, TMG. So it's a website. A uh, website. Yes. Did I say podcast? You did. I did say I meant to say website. TMGCollegeSports.com. Chris, how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing great. We hope to have a podcast at some point. We're building this, you know, it's like in our garage. So it's well, like I love that. In your garage. That's a great thing. Here's what you need to do. You need to, to study how this podcast is done. Yeah, this is, this is the example of what, I mean, this is just so seamless. Yeah. <laughs> <the, the> <laughs> Seamless is not quite the word I would have and, used. And 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 who who's who do you uh, who's who else is on the website besides yourself? Well, it's a, a guy, a, a person you know very well, former Dallas Morning News uh, writer Mark Blauchin, uh, who retired. Which is, it's we should be like three retire old retired guys or something. Three print guys. It's Mark Blauchin and Herb Gould uh, from the Chicago Sun Times. Um, we got like 190 years of experience in the business, which I'm not sure means anything anymore. I'll say this. I, I would certainly trust anything you guys said. Well, it's a, I'll tell you what. It's been a lot of fun, and we just wrapped up a, a full a full season. And then you say I, I did retire from the L.A. Times almost a year ago to the day, but I put in – it was basically – I put in my regular season – um, on the on the college uh, tmgcollegesports.com, by the way, is, is the name of it. Um, and I put in a regular season, except I didn't have the three things that I I didn't have were a boss um, and a Good. budget, and Good. which wasn't really didn't really come into play the last five years anyway. Right, I didn't really travel very much. Right, and what else? What, what else do I, I, I expense I account? My, right, no travel. I mean, no travel. Although I did, um, I did go to the Pac-12 title game. I just got back um, this weekend. I drove up there, and uh, you know, within driving distance, and, and just set up our, our our site up there and covered the game. So I basically, I'm basically doing the job I did for 30 years, um, 20, last 20 on college football, um, and just kind of kind of a more uh, on my terms and. Uh, and a little breezier, a little more irreverent, um, and and it's been we've had a, we've had a blast just trying to figure it out and um, doing different segments. We we had Herb. First thing we said when Herb Herb came aboard from Chicago is, okay, here's what you're doing. You're doing a weekly column. It's called Harbaugh Weekly. It's like what Jim did today, you know. 
and we could have done Harbaugh daily. Uh, we figured Jim Harbaugh was going to make news every day this year, and it almost came true. And Herb was kind of going, "Well, I don't know, you know, what if he just one week he doesn't do something?" I said, "No, you're doing it. it's Harbaugh weekly. He'll do something every week. You'll be able to write about." So I know you it was were kind of fun. Yeah, I bet that was. Now you were just as you said up at the Pac-12 title game. I believe that Washington really, and, and, and I will say this, I, I picked Washington State to upset them in the Apple Bowl um, because I guess I was believing too much in my Apple Cup, yes, in the, uh, um, I believe too much in uh, Mike Leach, the old Texas Tech coach. But uh, I think they did a pretty good job against Colorado and really cemented their case for the, for the college football playoff committee. Do you believe that that game had anything to do with them getting fourth or were they going to get that anyway? Oh, no, they had to do they had to do that. I mean, I, I really wonder if they had not won those last two games uh, convincingly and uh, winning at Washington State and then and then um, beating Colorado by 31. I have really have my doubts whether they would they would have gotten in. Um, and this is the same thing. And look, there are a lot of issues with with Washington, but what what we still fight out here and on the, out here on the Lone West Coast and in the Pac-12, is if you sat around and watched those talking head shows after Saturday night, which I did, it was so predominant, it was so skewed toward uh, the Big Ten and and Penn State getting in and Penn State having to be in and the Big Ten getting, that I'm going, you know, it, it, it's a it's a constant fight for the Pac-12. They're going to, you know, they, and, and I, you, you've got to do everything you can to overcome um these panels that you know, look, they all have their. They're all from Ohio State. Yeah, Herb <laughs> Street, yeah, Robert Smith. Yeah, you, you know, yeah, Joey, Joey Galloway. Galloway you, got, yeah. you know, so it's like, wait a minute, what? It, you can see right through it, but it, it was so blatant, um, and I just and the and the points they were making, I, I'm just going, well, that's just not true. That's not true. It's, you know, Washington. Well, you know, doesn't this the committee demand that you schedule tough teams, and this, shouldn't they consider that? Well, well, you, you know, yeah, Washington's been dodging people for you know twenty years. I mean, look who Washington's played historically. You know, they got stuck with Rutgers this year because they scheduled it five years ago. Well, Rutgers was coming off a four-year run where they went eleven and five, nine and four, eight and four, eight and four. Um, you know, so you're supposed to predict, I guess, how Rutgers is going to be in five years. Which you know, people from Rutgers might say, well, you, you, know, you should just assume they're going to be bad. But, you know, they're, I think they were actually good. So it's just this, you know, these talking points they all had about, even yesterday, about Washington's strength to schedule. How can you let a team, the committee does, no, Baylor's the, the, the team that doesn't play anybody. I mean, yes. where they go out of their way. They make that comparison against schedule. everybody, yeah. Right, I mean, they, that's, that's a conscious effort. Washington's intent, you have, you have to look at who they intend to schedule. Um, and uh, they had a home-and-home home with Wisconsin, and guess who dropped out? Guess who canceled that home and home? It was Wisconsin. So you know, I thought it was just really blatantly biased. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, the committee, um, I guess, um, you know, two losses was 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 the, uh, the the cutoff. Which okay, that's the exact same thing that happened to Stanford last year, which was a very good team. Uh, but they had two losses, and everyone else had one. And, and everyone said, "Well, Stanford has two losses. It's easy." Well, you know. That why what changed this year? What uh, Washington had one loss and uh, and Penn State had two, so you know you, they kept. You just saw the uh, the way these, this this thing works, and uh, 
the, the propaganda campaigns and just all you know the people that with their own agendas. Um, you know, it happens in, in all in all layers of life and on uh, on sports television particularly. But it was just kind of fun watching it and just saying, well, no, it, you can't. You can't say you can't give uh, Michigan credit for scheduling Colorado, and then call, you know, Colorado was the worst team in Division One, arguably. You know, for the, they won five games in the Pac-12 in their first five years, but now Colorado, now Michigan gets credit for scheduling. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, they turned out to be good. Okay, well, so you know, it was it's fun to see how that all plays out. Chris, did did the right Big Ten team get in? No. I, I I I don't think so, and that was my big beef. Um, I I th- I thought Penn State sh- should have got in ahead of Ohio State. If you're going to have comp- conferences, and if you're going to put into the, you're going to bake into the, uh, you know, the protocol of the of the playoff committee that conference championships are very important. You just had a team that won a conference championship in a, and beat the team. Uh, that you put in, um, I, I understand. Penn, I thought that the debate should have been between Penn State and Ohio State, not Penn State, not Penn State and Washington. Um, but the committee became so infatuated by Ohio State, um, and I think made a mistake by kind of ranking them too high. Having them number two made it very hard for them to drop them out. Um, although it didn't, it didn't. Uh, it didn't stop them uh, the first year from dropping TCU, um, you know, from three to six after a fifty-five to three win. Uh, but uh, you know that was an embarrassment too. But you know they, so they 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 were so uh, in love with Ohio State that um, you know they, they just sort of they, they they were stuck. And you know if they would have just dropped them to three last week, you know, um, after a game that many people still think you know Michigan won. Uh, uh, that you know, they, it would have been easier to, to manipulate them, but uh, they, you know, they were obviously just they were sold on Ohio State, and they weren't going to move off the, the Buckeyes. I, the thing that I look at uh, when you look at what the committee does here, and I think it's pretty clear uh, that the coaches on the committees love defense. And if you look at the four right. teams that made it, those four teams all had top ten defenses. Yeah, that's, and, that's and, a great and, point. Yeah. And Penn State is twenty two, and I think that's what they look at when they make these, their minds up. And, and, you know, I don't have a problem with, a, with having a committee that says, you know what, we're going to pick the four best teams. This is going to be completely subjective, and we're going to pick what we think are the four best teams no matter what. But what the Big 12, if we're going to make this a little bit local here, what the Big 12's contention is is that, look, you told us when, when TCU uh, didn't get in, when they, when, they, when they won by 52 points and you dropped them, out of the top four was that well that thirteenth data point because Ohio State had the big win that year in there uh, against Wisconsin that thirteenth data in the point championship game. in the championship in the yeah. Big Ten championship that's a, that's really important so now Ohio State doesn't even play that thirteenth data point and they're in and 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 see that so to that sense of the Big Twelve you know what the, the deal really is we just don't like you guys and you know if you, and yeah. if that's the, if that's the case that's fine but you had the Big Twelve go out of its ways okay now we're gonna we're gonna get special dispensation here so we can have a championship game with ten teams and which is gonna be ridiculous now because now they're gonna end up having the first you know the first place team playing the second place team uh, and that might even be a repeat game from the week before it would have been this year yeah. because of Oklahoma and Oklahoma State you know it, it, I, I, it the Big Twelve had no 
dog in this hunt this year. That Oklahoma did not deserve to be in the in the championship uh, or in the uh, the the CFP because you know they don't have a defense. But you know it, it is ridiculous to have said all along. These are the parameters, and these are the things you need to be doing now. Everybody has to be doing this, except, of course, unless it's Ohio State. Well, I, I think that's true. The, the only problem here was that there was a, a specific head-to-head, was, which was Ohio State uh, beat Oklahoma this year. You know, right. been the other way. But Penn, State also, was, beat the, yeah. Penn State also beat Ohio State, yeah. and, that's, and that's what's right, ridiculous right. about this. But Yeah, but, but Penn State had a, 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 an additional loss. These are all the things they had to weigh. Penn State is the only team in this grouping that had a 39-point loss on its resume. That's true. And that's a big loss to Michigan. But they also beat uh, – the, the other loss was just was to Pitt, which is not a, a great loss. But, you know, that was a three-point loss, and Clemson beat Pitt by one point in a game that was just a yeah, nail-biter yeah. up to the very end. Yeah, and you, got, you get back to the point, the four, did they say the four best teams? I think Penn State – Right now is better than Ohio State. Yeah, um, I think so too. Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State has all the talent in the world, but they've actually been struggling a bit um, down the stretch. I mean, they lost to uh, Penn State. Then they 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 very easily could have lost to Michigan State. Uh, you know, uh, uh, they, Michigan State goes for two uh, with five minutes left in the game. Um, you know, to, to take to try to take the lead and they don't get it. Um, uh, they Ohio State struggled against Northwestern. They they got outplayed uh, for you know almost four quarters against Michigan. I mean Michigan just you know tripped all over its feet to lose that game. Michigan would look like the better team. Uh, Ohio State's become a very one-dimensional team lately with JT Barrett, uh, you know, trying to make yards running, on his running, own. Running, running, yeah. yeah, and that's it. And, and they can't get he, you know they, so uh, while talented, I think. A t- Penn State is is surging now. They're an exciting team. They're coming back. I mean, that was a thrilling game. And McSorley is just you know he's a uh, you know exciting player. And they, and you know that's why I thought right now I, I would think um, you know I think they're better. And if if you have a choice and you can choose uh, you can choose a team that that beat the other team, then you know I thought. Um, I thought Penn State deserved to get in over Ohio State. So Washington's prize now is to get to play Alabama. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, yeah, that. Oh, yeah, that. So now Washington, they're in. They play Alabama. How do you see that? Do they have a prayer? They do have a prayer, and, and uh, it's going to take a uh, – it's going to take a – not to win. <laughs> but, oh. but, I mean, they have a prayer to, to be – I mean, this is all about uh, – not getting not getting embarrassed, I think, um, and wash and, and I think Washington has a chance not to get embarrassed, and I think they'll probably take that if you look at what Wash uh, what uh, Alabama did within its own conference. Uh, so uh, the you know the only th- you try to look for little silver linings, and um, uh, you look Alabama crushed USC, uh, which beat Washington. That doesn't you know. That doesn't bode well when you're looking at it. But you know, USC was a, w- a completely different team uh, opening day than they are now. Um, USC was was very good when they went up to Washington and beat. The, they really looked like they were a different team. Uh, and Washington has um, uh, two things. I mean, they have they have really good athletes. They're they're good at all. You talked about defense. They're good. Uh, you know, like the baseball team. They're 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 strong up the middle. They have a good quarterback. 
they have two good running backs, they have two really good receivers, and they have a solid defense, and they have Chris Peterson. Um, and to me, this is like uh, Boise versus Oklahoma, you know, yeah. the festival. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and with a month to prepare, and this is the perfect scenario for, for Washington because everyone expects them to get crushed, and Peterson will use that the way um, he did, you know, to get Boise ready for Oklahoma. Um, and uh, except he has better players now, and uh, he's going against a, a you know a machine. Um, but uh, yeah, you know there are little things there. I mean, Florida actually moved the ball against Alabama. I was kind of surprised. I mean, they scored first, and um, you know, you're going to have to be play a near perfect game. Uh, but uh, it, Washington has skilled players. Uh, John Ross is. A, you know, doesn't get a lot of uh, as much attention as D.D. Westbrook, uh, but John Ross is a, a, a premier player. He might have actually been, the, I think, the, the best player in the Pac-12 this year. An electric receiver. Um, uh, so they have the skill, and what you got to do against Alabama, I think, you can't run against them. Right. No, no. one can run against them. You've got to try to get the ball to your best players. You know, you got to go down very quickly. Them. You yeah. got to go downfield and hope, and hope the cornerback slips on your best receiver. Then you can, you know, yes. uh, you try. You got to beat him in one-on-one matchups because you can't beat him in eleven-on-eleven matchups. So no. uh, it's your only chance, and that happens. You know, uh, USC has a has a really good. You know, uh, Dory Jackson is a cover, you know, shutdown cover corner. Uh, but you know what? He slips up sometimes. You can't. You know, he he's made a couple. He's given up a few big plays this year because he's always. On the other team's best receiver, and uh, you know if he slips on the grass and you, and you get your guy the ball. Yeah, maybe you can steal steal a touchdown or two, uh, but it you know it's a you got to play a perfect game against that defense, um, and you got to outscore not only you got to outscore Alabama's offense, but you got to score Alabama's defense. They do. So, this is you know I, I think this is one year that you could have said. If there was no playoff, it would it'd have been fine. Alabama's the best team in the country. And they, if you have just said, you know, okay, we're just going to vote, and we're going back to the old days, no playoff, Alabama's number one. I don't think there's any question about that. But, I, I, but I will say that I, I think that Washington has as good a chance of upsetting Alabama as either Ohio State or Clemson. I, I think that yeah. because of what yeah. the things you outlined. And when I, I was at the, uh, the Alabama A&M game, and there was a time in there in the third quarter where A&M was really making it a game. And one of the things that they did was that, first of all, the quarterback, Trevor Knight, uh, has a little wiggle to him, and he got out and kind of escaped a little bit. But he also, they also threw the ball downfield on Alabama, and they, and they got a couple of big plays. And I think that's – you know, I think what you have to hope if you're playing Alabama is that Jalen Hurts plays like a freshman. He turns the ball over a couple of times. And which then, he's done, yeah. which, which he's done. And then, and then you go deep on him, and you, and you burn him a, a few times because – uh, the, the problem with that, of course, is that their pass rush is just unbelievable. You know, yeah. in that in that A and M game, there were there were guys around Trevor Knight on every single drop back. He was delivering the ball under the duress every single time he threw the ball. And I, I just there's yeah. no better defensive line in the country than no, Alabama's, no. and it's just unbelievable the what they can do. Yeah. Yes, you do. Yeah. And so that's the problem One, two, with three. With, it's got to be out on three. Yeah. Yes, it, it does. And so. That's the problem with, with going downfield on them is that you don't have much time to deliver it. I, th- I think that Jake Browning is going to have to get out and give himself a little time to make that play. Yeah, 
he's a he's a the problem is he's a timing quarterback. He's not a um, he, he reminds me of a better Kellen Moore. You know, when we, Kellen Moore was running Boise State, you know, they look a lot like Boise State in many respects. Well, Peterson's best Boise State team, which was the 2010 team, I think. Um, and uh, uh, he, you know, he's got a, he, he's a timing player. He has phenomenal numbers, but he struggled against you know. USC defensive lines, uh, teams that could that could rush him, rush you with four guys and cover cover you with man to man, and um, you know and and this timing was all off. You know Colorado was a very good defense and he struggled mightily against Colorado. They just had to uh, turn around when the pass game wasn't working Friday night. They just ran it down. That's what I talked about. They're they're uh, they're well balanced team. They just ran the ball down Colorado's throat. Yeah, two hundred yard rushers, and um, because you know they couldn't get the ball downfield, um, like you said, and that's that's a big problem. But uh, so, um, and I don't think you're going to trick play your way, <laughs> you know. And the, the, the king of the trick plays, Chris Peterson, I don't think he can do that too often. Um, but uh, so it's a real problem. But I think of all the coaches that have a chance <clears throat> to to um, you know to to have a, 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 as, as Good a play, uh, game plan as you can against Alabama. I think Chris Peterson is is among the handful of coaches. Yeah, that I, agree. Want to I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, Chris, that, that yeah. Chris of uh, TMGCollegeSports.com, Chris Dufresne. That was brilliant of you to mention Kellen Moore because Kellen Moore, as you know, is the Cowboy quarterback who got hurt in the preseason that made made way for Dak Prescott to uh, become the starting quarterback of the Cowboys. So that, that's, that's, that's the best all, thing that Kellen Moore ever did. That's the best thing Kellen yeah. Moore has ever, ever done here. When he came out to play for the Cowboys, everybody goes, this guy is tiny. Oh, uh, yeah. So so that's it. But I, I just wanted to uh, ask you a question. Chris Peterson, is he a pretty stand-up guy, considered a pretty stand-up guy out there? Yeah, he is. He is. Um, uh, uh, you know, he's a, he's, a, he's a different cat, and I've known him – a little bit at, uh, when he was at Boise, and I remember going up there with George Schroeder uh, after they, right before they played Oklahoma, at the Boise, do a story on him, and he was like, uh, you know, he looked around the room, there was like ten people, and he thought it was a convention, you know, he was like, ah, you know, there are a lot of, <laughs> I don't know, all these lights, these cameras, he's a small room guy, um, you know, on a on a on a plane on a big stage. That's why I thought he he was never going to USC. I don't think he would thrive in that kind of environment, uh, media hub. Uh, Washington is a better spot for him. But I think, um, you know, he's a, he's a different guy. He and he has a a philosophy that, uh, you know, it's a, it's this weird kind of family uh, thing that he tries to develop with his programs. Um, he ran a lot of people off at Washington his first year. Uh, they weren't very good. They lost. You know, he, he didn't look like a good coach uh, at, at the you know group of uh, at the power conference level. But you know, year three, you know, they're pretty good. So, um, but but he's different, um, uh, and he's very you know he's very gun shy about cameras and talk and media and all that. But uh, not in a not in a so, uh, bad way, I don't think. Chris, you know why I asked you that leading question uh, yes. to set up my next question. Kevin, you want to ask the question? Because people at Baylor, Baylor love you. So yeah, I'll let you Baylor ask the question. Uh, you know, when the Sam Wachachu uh, story came out, uh, the Boise State player who right, transferred right. to Baylor, and, 
And, uh, and of course, there were also stories that uh, that he had a history there at Boise State. He was off the team uh, for a while. Uh, and that when he was going to transfer, I believe it was Florida coaches had said that uh, they had that they investigated the possibility of Wachu transferring there. He's a defensive end, a very good one. Um, and uh, they said that Chris Peterson or people on his staff told them, you don't stay want away from stay him. away from this guy. You don't want him. Baylor coach Art Browse said that, yeah, we talked to Chris Peterson and those guys, but that's not what they told us. And they told us that, uh, that uh, yeah, he was just homesick. Uh, and uh, that's why. Yeah. So that's why they were glad to take him. And, of course, after that, st- that story came out, uh, Chris Peterson said, uh, I-, I said uh, everything that they needed to know. And that's as far as he, he went with that. And he didn't talk about it anymore after that. I'm going to ask you this, in this, in this uh, situation, who's more believable, uh, uh, Chris Peterson or Art Bryles? Well, in the context, I, when I say you know, Chris Peterson's a, a good guy, everything's in the context of uh, you know, what they are. <laughs> football, football coaches, coach at a, right? Yeah, football coaches. So you know, you got to measure it that way. Uh, all, all I will say is that there's public record on of of, uh, of Art Bryles, uh, you know, what he said about the Baylor and what has actually come to light. Um, so uh, you know, I'll take Peterson in that in that in that head you know matchup head to head, just based on everything else that's happened uh, at. at at Baylor, as opposed to what's ever happened at, at Boise uh, under under Peterson, he was there a long time. Uh, but yeah, except that's in the context that they're all head coaches, so they're all going to do stuff. Uh, I think there was somebody. I think Matt Hayes did a story um, recently about uh, Bleacher Report about you know the percentage of coaches that that say you have to cheat to win, and it was pretty high. You know, basically if you got them off the record, you yeah. know, it's like everybody everybody's doing this. Uh, so there's a level of I don't want to say scum that involved here, but there is, and it's a matter of degrees. There's Baylor degrees, and then there's rest, and, and there's uh, uh, you know that you know that just seriously there, uh, and, and then there there are the good of the, you know the best of the of, of, of a kind of a bad profession for that because it's hard to compete. It's hard and, and be clean. I really think that. Well, you, speaking yeah. speaking speaking of scum, I don't remember what Kirk Herbstreit, a cesspool he called cesspool is what he called Texas. Called Texas. Uh, let's let's do this really quick as we're running out of time. But let me ask you this: Was do you think Charlie Strong was a good hire at Texas at the time? And was it that's question A and question B is was Texas right to get fire him at this point? Well, the problem was is that I, I thought it was a bad fit, and I knew it was. And everything that I thought might happen did, and I, I thought it would be very, uh, you know, it was an awkward situation. And I, what I feared was Texas having to fire Charlie Strong, not that they hired him. I did not. I didn't think it was a good fit. Mark Blouton and I talked a lot about this. Um, you know, I just felt bad. If some guys are good coaches, but they have like again, Chris Peterson, uh, good for Washington, a bad hire for USC. You know. Bad hire for Texas, I think. You know that's not what he is good at. Uh, but uh, I think Charlie Strong was a good coach. He was a good coach at Louisville. He was a good coordinator. Wrong spot it happens all the time. Rich Rodriguez at Michigan. Wrong. Good coach. Wrong program. Wrong time. Um, but uh, so it, that that's the 
you know, that's my assessment of that. All right, we, you know, this podcast is being uh, taped on Monday as we speak. Today is the deadline for the Heisman ballot. You, so, uh, I, I, let me guess, you haven't cast your ballot. I have not, yeah, because yeah. it's the deadline, I have not cast mine. Chris is a, being a, a disciplined kind of guy, he's already cast his ballot. We are not allowed to reveal our ballots until after right. they come out, so I'm not going to ask you who you voted for, but give me your top five Heisman candidates. Well, I mean, the obvious, or I think, are the obvious people: uh, 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 Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson and Baker Mayfield, and uh, you know, even Dee Westbrook. I thought was, uh, you know, kind of uh, could have been in that conversation. And another guy that was long uh, is like uh, is like uh, Amelia Earhart. I call him college football. Uh, is Christian McCaffrey? You know, <laughs> yeah. Just, who disappeared? And you know, uh, go look at the NCAA stats right now uh, under all-purpose yardage, and look who's number one. He, you know, he led the country again in all-purpose yardage by, yeah, you know. uh, So uh, I, you know, I have McCaffrey in my mix. And the, uh, the, what? Ha- why do you need to wait? Um, and, uh, you know, till now to to vote is that you have to watch what happened over the weekend. And and uh, you know, Jake Browning, who I had in my mix, you know, he. He dropped off my list based on the way he played, and and if you look at, uh, you know, at Jalen Hurts of Alabama, who you know probably wasn't going to win, but as a true freshman, but it has you know he, you know uh, he had some issues. You know he he, he was exposed to in the sense that you realize that he's riding on a great team and it, you know they're and a great defense to score at least a touchdown a game for him, and he had a couple mistakes there, so. I kind of took him out of my my rotation, but those are kind of the nucleus of guys. It was a yeah, it was a tough year. I mean, it was a tough year. You know, some of the you know because you talk about Baker Mayfield, you could have said after those first three or four games when they lost to to Houston, when they lost to Ohio State, that he was as much of the reason as anything that they lost those games because right. he he was trying to do too much. And and uh, and, uh, and and Bob uh, Stoops talked about that. That you know, basically, yeah, we kind of lost because of Baker. And if you, if you, when you come as close as the Sooners did to making the CFP and you have two losses on your schedule and you're saying that the quarterback's the reason for it, how can that guy really be your Heisman Trophy winner? I just don't, I don't see that happening. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not, you know, he's, had a, he's really rallied well, and I think a lot of the reason he's rallied so well is because he's got two great running backs and a great wide receiver. So now that you've told yeah. us who, who you don't want to vote, who do you like? Well, you know, I, I like Lamar Jackson. I mean, because because his numbers are astounding, you know, for Louisville, and, and certainly he made yeah. Louisville really great. But they, you know, at the end of the year, they really stumbled, and he didn't play as well. Yeah. And the games that he didn't play well, they lost, and they and they were right yeah. there on the precipice of winning. So to me, you know, I know we put a lot on quarterbacks, but they they always end up getting picked for the Heisman too. It's so difficult for anybody in another position to win. And when, yeah. if you're kind of the reason why you didn't win. Then I have a hard time voting for you. I, I, it's just going to be very difficult for me. This will go right down to the, uh, the to the. I think it's a 5 p.m. deadline. So. Yeah. Well, it, it, like you said, it, it, lot, so much depends on what year you're doing it, and you know, if this was last year, um, I, I I still can't believe a, a, a guy that uh, put up the numbers that McCaffrey did couldn't win last year. But then there's some years where there it is a hard decision, and you have to look at people that have. Uh, you know, multiple losses or kind of have bad games, um, and, and that's just the way it is. I mean, that's how you know, Gino Toretta's and, and guys that you know, uh, guys that's kind of 
wouldn't win many other years have a chance. Uh, and the fact that you know, Lamar Jackson has lost his last two games, that usually doesn't bode well for a Heisman candidate. But this year, is, is, there's a lot of there's a lot of other factors that go into this, so you have to consider everything. So, are, are you are you saying that if uh, Chris McCaffrey played, say, for Michigan or Ohio State or uh, Penn State, he'd still he'd be right up there in, in the conversation? Yes, okay. there's no doubt about it. He's had a he got you know the reason it's and everyone said well Stanford had a bad year, you know Stanford finished number eighteen with a nine and three record. They they had really a bad night on a Friday night uh, against Washington on national television, and what happened and they were just summarily dismissed. Program player that would not have happened had he been at Michigan, and his brother is going to Michigan, Michigan, so maybe his brother will will have a chance to win the Heisman. It just it's 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 just a matter of a lot of it's scheduling and and, and oh you know, McCaffrey got hurt okay we we'll forget about Stanford well guess what he came back he had you know he had amazing games down the stretch two hundred yard rushing games um, and but people had already dismissed Stanford well they're not they're not very good well guess what they're nine and three now uh, you know guess what they beat Kansas State a pretty good uh, Big Ten team I mean Big Twelve team and uh, they beat. Geez, they beat USC too. They did okay, but uh, he was dismissed, and that's a shame for a player of his uh, unbelievable talent. Um, and and so, uh, yeah, Stanford's always going to suffer from that. Uh, they finished second a lot, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in the Heisman balloting, and it's usually because uh, you know how does Andrew Luck not win the Heisman? You know, right? How did Toby Gerhardt not win over uh, Ingram of Alabama? Uh, but they don't. They quite. They can't quite get it all synced up. The campaign with the uh, with the you know the, the right time on television. I think that's um, a big problem right there. The games are so late; it's hard for people yeah. on the East Coast to see them. You know, or so. early. Sometimes they play at ten in the morning on on the Pac-12 network. You know, which you can't, you still can't get on Directv, which is a big problem. So uh, yeah, uh, they fight that. Um, and believe me, uh, you know, people in their uh, in their sports information department have lost their jobs over this over the fact that they have failed to get you know push it push it all the way through to the top so uh it's a it's a problem and it's an image it's a geography problem it's an image problem it's a stanford problem and you would not have that problem uh at ohio state or uh you know michigan or, or, or you know alabama Chris, it's been great having you on. We've loved it. Uh, Chris uh, Dufresne with TMGCollegeSports.com. He's, uh, he's uh, running that thing with, uh, uh, with at Blauchen. least with our old buddy Mark Blouch. Herb Gould. Herb Chicago. Gould of Chicago. Uh, everybody needs to, to check that out, and we will be keeping up with it, and we will see you down the line here sometime. Uh, Chris, thanks for being on with us. Man. Chris, if you need any tips on how to put together a podcast, call Kevin. Yeah, right. Here's what you need to do. Everything that we do, do just the opposite, okay? And you'll be, and you'll do just fine. That's right. Well, you know, we're, I'm, we're still typing words on, you know, uh, you know, we're, we're still trying to figure that part out. Right? The, the internet. That's internet you're, 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 you're so, you're so, so twentieth century. Come old on. school. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. All right, guys. See you. And there he goes. There goes Chris Dufresne. Yeah, he, you know, we try to have him on. Before we just couldn't hook up with him. Oh, we kind of screwed on that, up on, the, on that uh, that whole. Uh, you're you're going to blame me. Time I, zone. I, thing. I know you're going to blame me. No, but, but I'm not going to blame you at all. But he but he's good. He's a very thoughtful guy. He yes. knows his college football. Yes, he does. He's been covering it. He said for two decades. 
You know when I you know when I first met uh, Chris Dufresne? No, where? On the slopes of Albertville. He was the Olympics writer for the L.A. Times, uh, one of them anyway. He was one of them. He was, I was one of the ones for the morning news, and we were responsible for covering year, Alpine skiing. What year was that? 1992. That was like a long time ago. It was a long time ago. He is a great guy. You were though. a young man. I was, a young, I, was, I was as much younger than I am now, I'll say that. I'll, I'll say that. But he, he was good. I thought he had some good insight. I, I liked his Art Briles insight. I liked his insight. He, you know, he, he obviously, you know. It, he's it, a West Coast guy. He's, 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 he's tilted he, to the West he's Coast. He's a West Coast guy. But look. They they say there's the the big five, but there there isn't a big five, is there? It's the big two. It's the big two, right? And it's uh, the big and I, listen, it's the big ten in the SEC. I don't really and, argue and with the that. Three, and the three dwarfs. I don't argue with that too much. You know, as, as I said, I don't really have a problem with the the committee no. saying we're going to pick the best teams. And I, and and he's right. Ohio State has a lot of talent, and and I'm that's what coaches look for. Coaches are looking at the players. They're looking at the matchups. They're looking at the individual matchups in the in the in the in the defensive and offensive line. They're seeing what these guys do, and so they're they're not as enamored with teams that are like you know that do it like frankly like the Big Twelve does. I think that that's one of the things that the Big Twelve has really gotten wrong now. And the big lesson they need to, the big takeaway for the Big Twelve is we got to stop being all flash with our offenses, and we got to start playing better defense because that's who they're picking. As I noted, the four teams. That are in the CFP are all have top ten defenses. Top well, ten. Who told you that? You didn't. You didn't come up with that on your I own. Look that you? up because that's going to be in my column for Tuesday. Oh, oh, this this is this is a bonus moment. You're talking about a column you're going to write. That's correct. Instead of referring to some column you've already written. You know, I wanted to say this when Gary Myers talked about a column that he had written earlier. You didn't roll your eyes. No, because I, I was interested. Oh wow! So there you go. Just a bit of that. That was on the Cowboy podcast that yes. we did today with that's Gary correct. Myers of the New York Daily News talking about the. Cowboys Giants upcoming games, which night. all three of us said that the Giants were going to win. Yeah, you know, I'll have to think about it. Oh, well, you've no! already said no, but, but you've when, already said you're on record. You cannot people, deviate from that, Mister Homer. No, no, that's that's the that's my Monday pick. Oh my, my, my gosh. big pick will be Thursday when I when I submit my pick to the uh, editors, the Cowboy editors at the Dallas Morning News, and they'll be in the Sunday paper. You know what? Here, here's the most sickening thing about those predictions. Yeah, more people, people, take them more people comment to me on my predictions than yeah. if I take three weeks to write a story and and, and they it, totally ignore. Oh, I see you picked against the Cowboys this week. But here's the thing: what we'd like for you to do here is is to write a story, and then we'll make that judgment. Wow, thanks, Kev. Sure, man. All right, so we're we're, we're going to sign off. Doug, take us out. Thanks for listening to our College Ballsy Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya.